Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Remember, if you want to keep up to date with the latest movie reviews and interviews and features regarding the world of martial arts movies, log on to www.kungfumovieguide.com. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter. The Twitter name is at KF Movie Guides. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. Here we go. This is episode two of the podcast. Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige. (laughs) Well, well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kung fu fans, foo followers everywhere. Foo followers, that could stick, maybe. Foo followers everywhere, all around the world. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this, the second episode of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Got a really good guest on the show today, Mike Fury, the writer, journalist, choreographer, actor, filmmaker. He's got a fantastic book called Life of Action, which for anyone who's into action movies is pretty much a go-to text it's absolutely fantastic it's full of quite detailed interviews with some of the leading lights from the action movie scene uh Dolph Lundgren Donnie Yen Choi Hark's in there Andy Lau is in there as well uh Scott Atkins is in there the 8711 team who made John Wick and also the team behind the Street Fighter Assassin's Fist series, they're in there. It's a real whole, it's a whole host of people. It's really worth checking out if you haven't already. Really great to speak to Mike and catch up with him and to get him on the podcast. That's really good. Listen, thank you so much for all your feedback. You can drop me an email. Uh, the email address is hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Feel free to just drop me a line. I know some of you have, and uh, that's really that's really nice to, to hear. Obviously, this is a bit of a experiment, uh, and we only launched it with the first episode with Toby Russell uh, two weeks ago. So um, that's really great. I'm glad that uh, you know it, it sounds as if you guys are enjoying it so far. That's really good to hear. Listen, we're going to be doing these podcasts, releasing these podcasts one every two weeks. So that's the sort of formula that we're going to get into. And it's going to drop every fortnight on the Monday. So those of you who have subscribed already, thank you so much. This should just appear magically on your phones or, you know, uh, drop into your iTunes. We are on iTunes now, so that's good. You can search for KFMG podcast or just type in Kung Fu Movie Guy podcast. There it is. It should come up. Or any other device that you use so we spoke to toby russell last week just a reminder this weekend so that's the 16th and the 17th of july is when the seni show is taking place that's the combat and strength show that's taking place at the o2 arena in london and that is where toby's bringing Huang insik over and he's going to be doing a seminar i believe and he's going to be doing some signings 
uh, and a bit of a meet and greet. So that's going to be great. You get to meet Wang Insek. He's a Hapkido legend, but obviously he works with Bruce Lee on uh, The Way of the Dragon and uh, some Jackie Chan movies as well, Dragon Lord and The Young Master. And also, I just wanted to flag up another event that's happening over the same uh, weekend. So this is on the 16th of July, and that's the Fighting Spirit Film Festival. That is taking place at the Cineworlds at the O2 as well in London. Uh, they're showing some big movies. Drunken Master, Ip Man 3 and Kung Fu Panda 3 are on the agenda. But also there's going to be a, uh, a whole host of UK talent from the UK martial arts movie scene. So there's going to be quite a few short films being shown as well throughout the day. And there's also going to be demos and all sorts of good stuff kicking off. So that's on the 16th of July. That's this Saturday. Uh, tickets are available online and you can check out the Fighting Spirit Film Festival. It's the first time they've ever done it and it sounds exciting. It'd be great to make that an annual thing as well. So uh, you can follow them on Facebook and also on Twitter at Fighting Spirit Film Festival. That's all one word. So a lot of things happening this weekend in the martial arts movie world. So be sure to go along and check that out if you can. So having Mike Fury on the podcast is a real treat. I've spoken to Mike before in the past. There's an interview with him on the website already. Um, and that was written just as the book Life of Action came out. Uh, but we met up in London and we had a chat and just uh, about all sorts of stuff, really. Obviously, Life of Action is doing really well. So it was good to get his sort of feedback and how he feels the book's been received. Uh, he's also worked as a fight choreographer so as much as he's a, a film writer he is an expert behind the scenes as well and he has worked on movie sets uh, and he's also appeared in front of the camera he worked with Scott Atkins on uh, one of the Green Street movies Green Street 3 with um, Scott Atkins and he's also got experience making his own short movies as well but you know Mike at the moment has been really getting involved in this whole life of action scene and, you know, we talk a lot about the book, how it's been received and also his plans uh, going forward in potentially making Life of Action into maybe another volume, but also a, a film or a documentary or something along those lines, which sounds really exciting. So that would be really cool. Um, and yeah, it was just really great to catch up with Mike. He's a really nice guy and I hope you enjoy this interview. I should say just before we go into the interview that this was recorded in a pub. Uh, so there's a bit of uh, background noise there. So I hope that's not too disruptive. Listen, thanks for downloading again and thanks for listening. Remember to drop me an email if you've got any comments or anything. It's hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Anyway, without any further ado, let's go over to my rather noisy conversation with Mike Fury. <laughs> You, did you spend? Did you spend time in, in pubs? You seem you work out quite a, quite a um, bit. I imagine you're quite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't spend that long, that much time in pubs. Socially, I do. Yeah. But again, I mean, not not that often. Um, but no, I train, and um, you know, I think everything in moderation is fine. You can have a drink. You can yeah, enjoy yourself. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you do you do train quite. Yeah, quite yeah. A bit. I train. I train in um, martial arts. I train in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, yeah. which is my kind of my main system now. Uh, but in the past, I've done more traditional stuff like Wing Chun, 
and some eskrima, um, kickboxing, and I do like weights and cardio and the usual kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it's you know it's always nice to have a well-rounded yeah, yeah. system, or just well, find something uh, that you enjoy doing. Yeah, ultimately, yeah. you know. Do you compete in, in that as well? Um, yeah, I have. I have done. I haven't done for a while, but um, I would like to do more, and I will do more. Hopefully, not just the future. But I think yeah, competition is always a good thing. Um, and you know, having done some choreography-based work as well, it's obviously completely different. It's a nice challenge to do something completely, you know, it's, it's literally functional, completely 100% functional versus aesthetic yes. as it is for film. Obviously the film stuff's awesome, so yeah. it's kind of, you can't fault it, it's just different. So it's nice to, yeah, nice to work different disciplines yeah. I think, as well. Do you think that's important to at least have some, not necessarily com- competitive background, but at least some working knowledge um, in martial arts? I don't think, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's very, uh, very varied with different people. I mean, if you look at, you know, people like, Jackie Chan obviously and uh, his school you know that Summer Hung and Yumbu and these guys obviously with the Chinese opera it's not a lot of people would say it's not particularly functional but it's um, it's you know it's very very impressive and it's very uh, very much tailored for the stage and for performance and then they've been able to successfully translate it to film which looks great and you know his all the, that work speaks for itself it looks amazing but then obviously you do have the, the real martial arts guys who convert from you know move from the ring or from the uh, octagon to the screen and then that works well but then they probably have to tailor the um, the techniques a bit because you know make it a little bit more um, a little bit more aesthetic for the cameras and so you can actually see what's happening and appreciate all the all the details but I think you know that's that's the thing is you can you can appreciate different qualities and different people so it's not necessarily a, an essential component but it, it you know it helps but I think you know just to do any kind of um, martial arts system if you wanted to do that kind of thing and work in film stunts acting action acting and so on it's, it's all quite useful I think yeah yeah I know that Jackie said that he would struggle sometimes with the guys that were the proper competitive fighters and just getting them to get get used to the style of the choreography and the directing. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, I, I obviously I haven't worked with Jackie Chan, but I mean, I know a lot of people who have, and um, they say, yeah, a lot of it's to do with his timing, and if you see any documentaries on him, it's the same kind of thing. It's about the timing and the rhythm of the fight and getting that right. So it, so, so more than anything, it's um, it's having that, um, that technical ability to count the beats of the fight and come in at the right moment and this kind of thing. And any any fight scene you watch that's, that's usually a long take, you know, it could be in the raid, it could be a Scott Adkins sequence. Um, you know, you, you you do see that and you appreciate that that that, that guy, that goon, had to jump in at the right time. He had to throw the kick at the right time for Scott to counter and do that thing. So it's all these particular beats, and obviously it's it's a very uh, it's a very meticulous and I'm sure it, well, I know it exhausting process to get right. But then when they get it right, it looks amazing, and that's well, it's what that's why they do it ultimately. And, and you think that that's a genuine thing that these guys, the guys that practiced in the ring, that, that can react, they can react better, or they're just more um, convincing in films. I think, I mean, it's not necessarily better. It's just training a different discipline because um, obviously you have to just just remembering the you know the obvious. But the guys that would fight for real are actually going to try to knock someone out or do them harm. And in in film you can't do that because that would be unacceptable. You know, to, to do that. It's more about the rhythm and the timing and selling it. So you know, um, making something look more graceful or or, or um, 
showing, for example, a greater arc of motion in a kick or in a punch to make it look cool on camera, whereas you know a punch or a kick might be more bam, very short and sharp uh, in, in a real fight. So, um, so it's just tailoring that. But you know, a lot of guys have been able to. Do it. One person I'm, I'm a big fan of actually is Kung Lee, um, and I really like I like the way that he um, he's kind of converted his very you can tell very functional, very brutal looking kicks and throws and takedowns, and actually make them look really cool on camera. And basically, you know, he he absolutely seems to like obliterate these stunt guys. But I know that they're all his. Um, it's kind of his community of stunt performers who he works with time and again. So I'm sure they they're used to it. But um, but that's an example of you know you wouldn't mess with Kung Lee, but he's he's done really well in film and he looks great. And yeah, I'm a big fan of him as well. Okay, so you'd still so you, work, you still work out quite a bit then. You just keep, you just keep uh, yeah, just try try to as much as possible. I mean, I haven't I haven't now done a, a film for a little while. I was yeah. busy for while doing the book, and I've really I'm just for in terms of myself. In the past, I've I, something I recognised in myself is I try to do too many things at once. Sure. And um, you know that's cool. I think it's good to be it's always good to be ambitious. It's good to be busy. And it's good to be ambitious and you know do dabble in different things and do different things. But um, I realised that you know you don't necessarily move forward as much as you'd like in one specific thing. So for example, you know starting out doing the book and I was doing other things as well. And I was like, okay, to be fair, I have to really focus on the book in order to get it done in a feasible amount of time. And it still took a long time. So um, it, um, you know. Yeah, you just you. I think you have to focus on what you're specifically interested in at any moment in time. Sure. And you know, that's not to say that you can't return to other things. You just yeah. need to prioritise basically. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I would like to do more uh, film work, and I'm sure I will come back to that. But now I've kind of got immersed in this life of action um, brand, and I don't know, a weird vortex where I feel like I'm. You know, obviously, I want to do more. I'm, I'm planning a second book. I'm planning actually very early stages of a documentary based around the book so it's like I can see the filmmaking aspect go more towards that than necessarily choreo and stunt work um, although it'd you know, be fun to do more of that as well but, um, but yeah so it's uh, just have to have to pursue what interests you I guess, yeah. ultimately yeah. Um, so let's jump into that then so you um, we were just talking a little bit off mic there where you were saying that you know just um, to get say an interview with Dolph mm -hmm. Lundgren took a, a, a year yeah, or so yeah. so um, when, when did you have that first idea to do Life of Action as a book as a collection mm -hmm. of um, interviews and what was um, you know what was the catalyst for that and, um, and, get, and then getting it underway mm. uh, yeah I mean um, you know having done interviews like yourself like many other people I've done you know interviews in the past yeah. with online interviews or magazine interviews and I did just have an idea and it was just a small um, kind of a, a quick you know a quick moment where you just think oh that would be quite a cool idea that's quite an interesting thing to have a collection of interviews and I kind of left it at that and then um, I kind of originally thought oh maybe all the interviews I've done so far could just be compiled into something and I'd maybe do something interesting with that you had a backlog of interviews yeah. that you existing yeah. and actually some a few of those are literally only about three or so were used in the book which was like Donnie Yen Andy Lau and I, I did to be fair I, I tried to make that quite clear in the, in, in the yeah. introductions yeah. so they're, they're still you know good interviews and I'm happy with them incidentally I did there was follow up with those guys I did subsequently Get into have to get in touch with Andy Lau, Andy Lau's reps, Donnie's reps, and so on, because we did actually expand and add to the interviews. So I, I had a basis to go from, 
um, or a core interview done and then we basically expanded it beyond what we'd originally done yeah. for, the, for the book but then you know then I, you know naturally the idea snowballs so I thought okay I've got this um, collection of existing interviews oh actually you know I should really interview this guy I should interview this guy and then it means you're actually conducting new interviews from scratch so it started off as something I, I really didn't um, expect to spend much time on not like much, not much time on but you know it, it doesn't sound like a big endeavor to suddenly go into oh I'm actually going to interview all these people and um, which is it's fun and it's good but then you know like three years later and I'm just about finishing it so I didn't really is that anticipate how long, so from start so from start to finish three three years roughly uh, yeah I mean to be and to be honest you know it, it shouldn't have taken me three years like there's aspects that I would definitely be able to speed up next time so but I think you, you know you learn as you go um, like for example one of the longest and most laborious parts of it was um, sourcing all the images and the rights and things like that and because I was doing it I was doing it basically on like a DIY level I didn't have like a big publisher to my but you know behind me so I didn't have um, you know you don't have like offices of legal people and people phoning up and doing things for you so it's pretty much you on your own and my I mean you know my, my wife was really great and helped me with stuff she actually designed the cover and did, did various things as well but it was pretty much like you know kind of us but mostly me um, doing it and you know it just and I guess the good thing is and the, the mindset I tried to put myself into was that um, without a big publisher behind you without you know an epic deadline looming over you in a way it's quite liberating and you can just do it at your own pace sure, and, yes, yes. and you know when, when you're ready and kind of rather than you know the, you hear the stories of like being you know being badgered about deadlines and having to get things done by a certain point um, yeah it was quite quite a, a chill, you know chilled out affair but at the same time I was very conscious of wanting to get it done sooner sooner rather than later <laughs> so you are one of the ten disciples of Shaolin you appear to be strong too bad you're going to die what's what's really interesting is when you do something like this and this could be when you're doing a film it could be if you were you know a music artist doing an album or something is it's like you have an idea in your head of what you think it is but you literally don't know what anyone is however anyone's going to react I mean you know I mean obviously you can you know you can run things past your friends or past your your you know husband or wife or your you know whoever or contacts or connections and we're going to be very complimentary hopefully but I mean I you know I always say to people please be honest and everything but equally you know yeah there there is probably a a filter to some extent and equally you know you might think something's great and then everyone would think it's shit or or you're not really happy about it but actually people oh it's great like what's what's wrong with you and it's kind of like you never really know you might have an idea you know and I try to be as realistic as possible but you know it does get to the point where eventually you just have to let it go and that's like a film it's anything and um, it's quite funny Joey I was talking to Joey Answer about it because obviously with Street Fighter Assassin's Fist and his, his work and he was telling me it's like yeah that but he actually described it as that Samuel L. Jackson in Jurassic Park hold on your butts yeah. uh, moment where you know it's like you push it into the black hole and just kind of hope for the and best it's like just gotta, almost just like the best, yeah. just sit there and hold on your butts it is literally that and it's um, but you must yeah. be super happy then with the feedback that you've, you've got from the book I mean it's, yeah. it's been successful it's, yeah, it's it's been good. I mean, I'm um, obviously I'm, I'm kind of quietly, you know, surprised and glad, and I'm, I'm more kind of appreciative than you know, 
for me this kind of thing I would never get like egotistical about it yeah, it's almost yeah. like I'm just like still still slightly terrified and, yeah. and but great but very very grateful it's that yeah. kind of thing but no I mean obviously I am I'm glad and um, I'm glad that not just the readers or the people that would you know be into in, into into and interested in the book uh, were happy with it I was actually really uh, grateful that like industry people and like yeah. not just you know I mean obviously somebody like Scott you know he's on the cover so that might he might be a bit biased but he actually you know genuinely he, he said to me you know if, if I wasn't in it or involved in it I would still buy it because it's interesting like it's you know it's, it's, it's also an appreciation for what goes into making those films and you know if, for anyone who's interested in that process I think it's hopefully uncovers some interesting facts and some anecdotes and things and then uh, you know another audience that, that I, I kind of I, I was bearing in mind but actually came about in a bigger way than I thought would uh, after the book came out is the you know young up and coming like stunt guys actors people that are basically either trying to get into the business or in the early stages of their careers and I had a lot of I was actually very sort of surprised I had a lot of emails or tweets or things from people saying like wow it's really helped me I'm you know I'm sort of I don't know I'm in France I'm in America I'm in New York I mean you know anywhere but it's like I'm training up and I'm you know it's really motivated me in my training and I want to move myself to the next level and stuff like this and it's like that's that's amazing I mean you know uh, I just I'm very glad that it's hopefully had a positive effect on those people and you know it's inspiring yeah, yeah it's inspiring I mean yeah so, so that's 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 great. And who who was the hardest person to get hold of them? Was that was that, was that Dolph? Or, um, it was probably Dolph in terms of just the, the. I mean, I wouldn't say Dolph was. He wasn't hard to get. It was just that it took ages. You know, it took it took a long time. But um, I'm just trying to think. I mean, it's. I think it's it's just some, sometimes what it is. It's the people themselves are keen and happy to do it, but it's just trying to schedule it hoops um, together. or for example you know um, when I did I mean all the stunt guys actually I was I really really happy with all the stunt guys and they're actually um, some of my favourite interviews in the book so that's like JJ Perry you know Dave Leach and Chad Stelsky who've made so 87.11 and Monique Ganderton and all these guys um, but for Dave and Chad from 87.11 because they were actually I think at round about that time when we did their interview they were it was kind of pre-production crossing over into in very early days of filming of John Wick and um, they were obviously incredibly busy and to be honest they didn't really need to give me any time I mean they've probably got enough to be doing but I was able to obviously get a good amount of time with both of them but se separately we had to kind of organize it and then um, one thing that I was that was really cool that I was really happy with was you know realizing because if, if you ever google some of these stunt guys like google JJ Perry and obviously he's incredibly um, prolific but there's literally like not many pictures of him there's actually kind of nothing and the same with the 8711 guys you know they post the old picture in their um, in their uh, facility in, in LA but there's not much out there so I was thinking you know is this a bit cheeky to ask but I was able to uh, basically get in touch with um, the 8711 team and they arranged very kindly for an uh, on-set photographer to go and do some photos of John Wick behind the scenes just for the book. So I actually got some like basically exclusive exclusive photos, exclusive photos of them with Keanu and all this kind yeah. of stuff. And yeah, that was that was really cool. So it's thing, things like that where they were actually that incredibly, you know, amazing, great guys, very, very nice. And all of the 8711 um, team, this guy called Kale, Kale Schultz, who's in... Um, 
also also works with them quite a lot. I don't know if you remember in John Wick, there's the massive guy in the um, in the sauna who gets yes. shot in the head, and he was also in um, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning when they go through the brothel. There's a great scene. So he's a, he's a really cool guy, and massively grateful to him. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. They're all just they're all just great. So I mean, you know, it makes such a difference to have that kind of support. Was there anyone that you spoke to that took you by surprise? Um, I think. Um, you know what? What you don't sometimes the stuff that you don't know about is the biggest. Is is, is kind of the biggest shock or the biggest. You, you know something. Something's revealed that you appreciate. You didn't. You never knew before. Like uh, John Hyams, and obviously I'm sure everyone who's watched. Um, you know, even his earlier films like um, The Smashing Machine or that documentary or things like that, through to his Universal Soldier films, would be a fan. But um, you know, finding out that he started out in fine art and he actually was a, a painter and a sculptor before doing these crazy action films is, you know, that's almost like absolutely ridiculous. I mean, yeah. you just wouldn't anticipate that somebody to, you know, again, it's if you're going by really, you know, bad not nice stereotypes of like oafish fight films and violence and no to think that this guy's actually a, you know he's got a very uh, a very artistic creative side and you know he's obviously a very intelligent guy a very creative guy and he um, you know he made an amazing documentary and he's done other good film work and then was able to bring a whole new style to you know both Universal Soldier films not actually not not just reinventing the franchise but reinventing it twice yeah. you know the first one's almost like I don't know almost like a claustrophobic thriller and then to make it a more a more um, weird surrealist um, almost like horror kind of sure. very very atmospheric weird you know actually a, a very strange action film that I know a lot of people maybe didn't like that or it was took them by surprise but yeah, I thought yeah. it was amazing I yeah. absolutely loved it yeah. and um, and again you know the action scenes are ridiculous and it's, so somebody like him you know you wouldn't appreciate you know all, all of his background yeah. and everything that's gone into it or likewise you know someone like Isaac Florentine who you know started out with Power Rangers yeah. and this kind of yeah, stuff when of he first moved to America and um, and all his work so it's just yeah it's just finding out and learning the process um, behind all these different guys and it's yeah. Yeah, it's very very interesting do you think um, it, as a genre it gets sort of maligned in a way do you think it's always a genre that a lot of people that it doesn't get uh, the recognition that, that oh, yeah, it deserves I, I, Absolutely. I mean, it's um, you know, I always I always use this phrase, but people call it dumb. It's like dumbed down entertainment. It's kind of you know, not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but it's like bring your mates around, have some beers, and watch the dumb film. And it's sure, like in yeah. a way, you can enjoy it in that capacity. There's nothing wrong with that. But obviously, there's more artistic merit to it than that. And that's something that I you know I, I wouldn't say I take it personally, but because I, I know having done you know to a much smaller extent, I might add than a lot of these guys. I have obviously done some film work nothing amazing but the guys in the book and I know them and I, I feel a certain loyalty to them I obviously find it quite offensive that people don't hold it in higher regard compared well, the, to other the other assumption people. is when they say that it's it's dumbed down that it's therefore an easier film to make or something as well you know, yeah it's like um, you know they don't concentrate on mm. the scripts therefore it's an easier mm. thing or some, something like yeah, that yeah 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 and it's and to be honest I mean the script thing I mean you know obviously I mean every film a horror or a comedy or anything can have a good script or a bad script yeah. but obviously in action there's so much meticulous work that goes into uh, the action yeah. um, and um, it's you know it's very very it's, it's a, such a impressive achievement what they're able to do with usually relatively little time like if you look at like a Scott Adkins film or whatever and it's um, you know or even like John Wick and obviously that's a bigger budget than something that Scott might ordinarily do with Undisputed yeah. but um, you know still you see somebody like Keanu you know 
really, really going to town on the fight scenes and spending so much time with the stunt guys. And it's really, you know, the end result is so worth it when you see the level of the work and commitment that goes into it, but delivering something and creating something so amazing at the end of it. So I think that's, that's what's important. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Where are you from? Uh, from London. From always. London, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, um, so born and raised here. Uh, what were the key films or key moments you can remember growing up that really inspired you, sort of led you into this uh, path? Yeah, I mean, there, there'd be a few, I think. Um, I mean, my favourite film to this day is The Warriors, which is the you know, Walter Hill film. And, I mean, I've seen that so many times. I literally don't even know how many times I've seen it. But, you know, the, the kind of the, the, the neon and the colours of the film and the amazing fight scenes, like the baseball bats with the Furies in, in, the, in the park. And when did you, when did you um, I probably first saw it when I was like eight or something yeah, some ridiculous yeah. underage thing young um, enough to yeah. it's that impression yeah, age, yeah. I mean and you think that's cool and that's really you know really interesting and likewise you know around that time I saw I mean this is far too young to be watching any of these films but like yeah. you know uh, Terminator 1 and 2 and, and you know alien, alien, the alien films and but equally you know as then um, a few years went on I mean I remember seeing No Retreat No Surrender for the first time and just being very impressed by Van Damme, Van Damme and yeah. I, I even remember you know fast. I think we fast forwarded as kids fast forwarded a lot of the dialogue scenes sure, because it's yeah. boring when you're a kid you just don't bother that's but, a um, weird movie that one it's yeah. like going back and watching it it's, yeah. um, it's with like those characters yes taught by the spirit yeah. of Bruce Lee and all the I mean I love it now but the ridiculous comedy with this RJ character yeah and, yeah um, yeah that's and, his mate and the bullet yeah yeah, yeah 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 he's like the kind of Michael Jackson clone yeah, guy. And it's, right. it's very very odd but um, obviously when you're a kid you just want to see the fights so sure, you yeah, fast yeah. forward to him doing the splits across the ropes yeah, and that yeah, kind of thing cool. um, and then like Bloodsport and Kickboxer and you know Stallone like uh, so Rock, you're a Rocky. Van Damme, you're a Van yeah Damme massive massive Van Damme fan and you know Rocky and Stallone and Seagal as well but um, I, pre- I would say I appreciated his work a bit more a bit later it kind of almost has maybe grow it's more mature you have to grow it and it's obviously it's very violent which wouldn't have stopped me at the age of eight I mean I was watching everything but I think you appreciate that that kind of the badassness is it's a little bit more sure. um, but yeah all those guys was big fans but I also watched you know a lot of like um, westerns I was big into like 
Clint Eastwood and uh, John Wayne and these, this kind of stuff. And uh, my, my dad uh, was really, really into um, all kinds of films, but his generation would have been more like the 50s and 60s films. So I did watch a lot of those as well. And I guess that's one thing that's good. I mean, a, a lot of my friends don't necessarily watch like what they class old, like really old, you know, like an old black and white film yeah. or something. But I actually don't mind watching anything yeah, because yeah. of from a young age I was watching I was watching so you've got quite yeah. a rounded film I'd like to think so yeah I mean obviously a lot of it would have fight scenes in it but yeah. you know just one of those things <laughs> so where did the martial arts interests come into it then or was that uh, off the back of guess Bloodsport kickboxing um, yeah I mean it would have been yeah it would have been that and um, just trying to think I mean it was mainly when I when I first became interested in martial arts films it would have only really been and actually for a couple of years I almost exclusively was watching like Chinese and Hong Kong films um, and I was surprised it's quite funny I used to actually not be that knowledgeable on like, there was a time when I was not that knowledgeable on like American or English films because yeah. like, I literally just don't watch them it's absolutely bizarre because I think at least you know you should at least watch different stuff yeah. but um, at that time anyway I didn't and I was obviously a, you know a huge fan of like Chow Yun Fat and all these guys um, and obviously the old like Shaw Brothers stuff um, or Bruce Bruce Lee still you know um, be, you know and actually that's an important one I forgot to say before so it was you know Bruce Lee I remember renting all his films um, from the I had this local video shop around the corner from my house and obviously today sadly all the video shops have gone there's They've like there's gone. nothing yeah, there's so nothing one thing I'm yeah a bit, bit sad that you know kids today they won't really experience this yeah. I think it's like you know you go on you know actually you see most most kids now they've got like iPads and stuff so they can you know okay they can they can watch iTunes they can it's not quite the same as going into a video shop and browsing the shelves yeah, finding true, you know true. Finding I it. mean I guess in many ways the internet's good in that you can just type in a film can't you yeah. really and then there you go if you want to rent I, it I have this um, this mixed feeling about this which is and I'm sure people just think I'm like people will people probably just think I'm a miserable bastard anyway but um, it's like yeah I mean it, there's two sides to it it's like the same the same I think with Spotify and music and stuff it's like it's great to have that access but you almost haven't earned it like I feel it like I'm admitting myself that it's handy and I oh that's cool but like you haven't had to seek it out sure. you know when you think of like old it could be an old rare movie or an old rare CD or record or something you've had to literally even just the process of you've got on the train you've gone into town you've got this you've got saved up your money that's you've right. gone to the shop then you've got the whole journey of home you're reading like the back of the yeah, thing that's right. and you get home and it's this whole like ritual and now it's just literally in seconds it's, it's kind of you know it's there and it's yeah. in a way obviously that is cool and that's amazing the technology but I, I do feel like you know that that element that kind of yeah that excitement and that's that right. anticipation and like I say that ritual is gone yeah. and well, I remember being a kid and because they never had the original Bruce Lee films with the nunchuck scenes in, in the UK um, I don't know if, I think they may have had them well they definitely had them abroad because mm. I remember having to send off and it was quite a lot of money for VHS versions from Australia yeah, yeah. to have them Sure, posted yeah. over to the UK just yeah, to yeah. see yeah. like five minute nunchucks yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah and now it's like again to that point you just go on YouTube and it's yeah, all there and it's like there, yeah. that's like that's great and in a way good that people can discover it but try explaining you know like I say if I try explaining that whole story I just gave about going on the train and yeah. the whole journey of doing it to, to, to like somebody today who's grown up with YouTube they're not going to care they just be like yeah but why would I do that I've got it here and it's yeah, like of yeah you, of course you know that's a that's a cool thing I'm glad that you can watch it in an instant yeah. but you will it's like if you haven't You'll experienced it you will never understand you will never get it so that's that's my that's a conflict I have but um but yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I've probably gone off completely. Off no, no, it's, no, it's good. So you, so growing up in in London around um, that sort of time, did you know when you were at school were you thinking I want to go down the 
because it's one thing being a really big movie fan but then I guess it's another thing entirely to then try and direct your efforts to then try and work in movies I mean was that a thing was that your sort of um, goal was to work in I mean yeah or? I think I, you know if, if you're interested in something that much you're always going to want to do it to some extent um, I didn't pursue any of that for, for a long time um, and I had you know I had an interest and I enjoyed writing about it I was quite good at writing so um, that was your yeah. key thing it's, it's so sort of excelled at writing yeah writing I mean I would have you know it's that I mean I did drama and stuff at school I don't know if I would have been a good actor I, yeah. I literally can't say but um, you've been in film you've acted in film yeah but I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself an actor it's like, you know it's more like I was there and they asked me to do something right. but um but, um, is that really how you see it? You see it like yeah, I mean, like you know, it's it's. I mean, obviously, I'm very gen- I'm very happy, and it can be good fun to to actually appear on screen. But I'm not. I would definitely wouldn't call myself an actor. Um, it's more like you know, yeah, I was. You know, there was some reason for me to do it, so I would have done it. But it's not not to say that I don't appreciate being asked to do it. But yeah, I wouldn't go out of my way. It would usually be something like, and you you know, you do see these in, in some films where it's like somebody's doing choreography, and then as a result, you know, they were stunt coordinating it or something. And then it's like, just let them play this role. Like, I mean, like the last film I did, um, last feature, which is called Zoe and the Astronaut, um, that was just—it's basically a friend of mine who's um, who, who directed it, and he asked me. Is you know, it's, it's basically a drama, but it's only—it's got like a couple of fighty type scenes, but it's sure. not really a fight film. Um, and more like scraps, like realistic style. Anyway, but he like he asked me to, um, to to you know, if I don't mind coming in and helping out with choreography and doing some stuff. So I did that. I didn't mind doing that. And then it was only for a couple few days and then while I was there I was like oh can you just play this role kind of thing so it's like that's that's an example of you know I'm genuinely happy to do it and he's a good friend and asked me to do it but I wouldn't I wouldn't have necessarily I wouldn't have expected to be cast just based on doing a character um you were in a, a Green Street. You were in a Green Street movie. Yeah, that was, and again, more more of a stunt. I mean, stunt role yeah. basically. Um, Joey uh, Ansa asked. Um, he he pretty much. It was quite you know quite a cool thing. He was um, in the in the film co-starring with Scott Adkins, and also fight coordinating with his team, and um, he kind of you know put out the bat signal for a lot of his uh, friends and contacts in the martial arts world. Just like let's you know let's all be in it and I'm not sure if you've seen the film but it's um, it's got these um, it's basically you're an angry football fan yeah it's, it's basically um, teams of uh, te- it's, it's basically the, the hooligan world has yeah. now been organised into like t- fight teams so it's literally like five on five and it could be like West Ham Arsenal you know Man United or whatever and it's like each each firm each um, hooligan um, you know hooligan club has um, has a team they put forward their best five fighters and it's like five on five but more like almost like more like a martial arts kind of fight yeah, scene. Well, but well, it's kind of like blood sport with five on five. It's yeah, that kind of thing. Just while we're on Scott Atkins, you knew Scott Atkins from before. Uh, yeah, just just for a few years. Ball. Basically, it's just from having interviewed him many years ago um, and getting to know each other through that. And since then, I've interviewed him a number of times and obviously got in touch with him for the book and um, worked together on that film. So that's basically yeah. He seems like really um, hardworking, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, uh, just a down-to-earth kind of guy. Yeah. I guess that's what he's like to work. Yeah, he's just yeah, very, very down-to-earth, very friendly. But um, I think yeah, he does work in, on his films. He works incredibly hard, and I think he's he's very aware of how his audience sees him and what he has to deliver in order to please them. So, for example, on the fight scenes, he's going to deliver 100% because he knows that, obviously, the fight audience or the boycott audience or whatever, they're going to be really on the fights and the fights need to look amazing. So he pushes himself hard, you know, and he, to you know, 
to his credit, his, his work looks amazing, but you know, he, he has obviously injured himself in the past and he's spoken publicly about that. So I think he's just, you know, incredibly hardworking. You know, he doesn't use doubles, he doesn't want to use doubles, he's got no interest, he just really goes to town and does he does a lot of stuff I've seen, you know, in person, him do stuff that I wouldn't be, you know, I would expect a stunt person to do. Whether it's getting thrown around, you know, thrown from for example, you know, thrown across the room or you know going through a table or being kicked hard or something that you know other actors would get a stunt guy to do obviously he's very happy to get stuck in and really work hard which is why you know everyone acknowledges he's one of the best action stars today he's incredible isn't he it's some of the kicks he can do and the power as well is is quite yeah and he's become a really good actor i think as well especially in the last few years he's been able to refine it more and play uh quite a nice variety of characters where you know boyka's obviously a big turning point but um, you know, even some of his, um, some of the, the the nice anti-hero roles in like Ninja Two, um, and think these kinds of things. So it's it's nice to see him do a variety of things. Actually, one good thing about uh, Green Green Street Three was that was it's very weird being a you know him being a Brit himself. It was his first film here. Which sure, is okay. very weird. We well, worked in Hong Kong before. Yeah, hadn't worked you? in Hong Kong. Worked, worked, yeah, works. Yeah. You know, worked around the world, but has never worked in his home country. That's so odd, that's, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Except for I think, except for TV series. Of course, very and, uh, yeah. uh, uh, East Enders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That film, uh, that's yeah. a rite of passage for most. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kung Fu is the art of self-defense. I'm not interested in killing. I just want to prove how bad your kicks are. <laughs> you must be talking about yourself. I like I like it when the productions as a whole come together well so it's actually a solid film with good fights because obviously sometimes you know you do get a bad film with good fights or whatever but when it's actually a solid production they've got various elements right um, you know and in um, in like Street Fighter Assassin's Fist which was on uh, last year you know they, they did a great job in terms of creating or re- recreating from scratch this the Street Fighter universe and the characters and the, the origins of Ryu and Ken and showing you know good fights and Quality action, but then a lot, a lot of emphasis on the story and characters. Yeah. And well, we were yeah. due a decent Street Fighter. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been yeah, it's been owed for a it's long been time. A while. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually wa- rewatched uh, Van, Van Damme's yeah. quite re- over Christmas actually, sure. and um, yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's it is it's it's fun to be fair. I think yeah. you can have fun with it, but it's it's almost it's almost once you get over laughing, it is actually quite baffling at how ridiculous it how is. How it got made. Yes. Yeah. How it got made, yeah. and just so many weird choices, like the way you know each character is nothing like. <laughs> it's yeah. like they it's al- they almost got no aspect. Right, I think one of the best, one of the best and most fitting personas is you know Raul Julia as Bison. He actually, to be fair, he gave good a good casting, per- good, good, casting good performance, and yeah. he actually looks like Bison. To be right. fair. But um, you know, even and obviously Van Damme's great, and I'm a huge Van Damme fan. But it's, you know, it's an odd role. Though, it's an it? odd role for him, and there's I'm sure there's other characters he could have played better at that time, um, and just you know, just which is very weird. And you know, you, you you forget there's like Byron Mann's in there as well as as Ryu, and you know he's obviously really good. Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah, but there's a lot of it's very very it's more cartoonish than you remember. Like if you haven't seen it for a while, you watch it again and you're kind of blown away at how. Yeah mad it is but I remember liking it uh, as a kid that's right and um, you know you kind of have fun with it at that age sure. so I remember preferring I remember liking it as a kid but I remember liking Mortal Kombat yeah. more yeah definitely yeah. Um, uh, that seemed to um, but again I mean I don't know how close that wasn't necessarily that close to the game either really but the game of Mortal Kombat was quite you know, it was quite gory and it mm. had that sort of element to it and obviously the film was a lot more pared down 
Yeah, but I think they, they, they stayed within the Mortal Kombat universe and the tournament uh, format and the casting and the way the characters look like everyone looks like who they were that's supposed true. to look yeah, I, right. I, do, I do remember distinctly as a kid first time I saw it watching on video the moment where um, they're on the boat with Shang Tsung and Raiden's there and then it's the moment the reveal where Scorpion and Sub-Zero walk out and I was like oh I was like but it's like that is amazing they looked yeah, yeah. The, the costumes were spot on yeah, and it was so true. and then you know obviously yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. you actually watch it and you're like well yeah. and the, the fight scenes are good yeah. I really like the uh, well, I mean I like a lot of the fights but um, Liu Kang and Reptile I love that Fantastic. fight yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, very enjoyable you know still holds up obviously the CGI doesn't always hold up but um, you watch it and you're a bit like whoa yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no the, as, as a as a you know, piece of work, but even like you know, Christopher Lambert. Obviously, don't don't believe he's a martial artist, but no. he did that role very well. Yeah, yeah. And Kerry Tagawa yeah, is a yeah. is a martial artist, Brilliant. admittedly, but yeah, 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 yeah. And um, he's yeah, very interesting guy, um, kind of a legend, yeah. really. You, you you think back to what he's actually done and um, Robin Shu as well in Mortal Kombat so it's yes, nice nice to have Liu Kang and yeah. Shang Tsung <laughs> in but um, yeah but um, but no it was good so yeah I mean I love Mortal Kombat definitely yeah. Mortal Kombat uh, uh, Annihilation less but <laughs> but you know it's interesting there's a yeah. campy quality to that yeah though, yeah and like, it's fun you've got again you've got some good actors you've got like very um, yeah it's not <laughs> Brian, what's it, um, Brian Thompson and these people, yes. guys who I really I really like him and, well uh, there's the guy playing Raiden who then suddenly James Remar I love he was in the Warriors yeah, yes yeah. of course but, um, he probably wasn't it wasn't the best casting for that role he, yeah, but he's a great actor yeah, yeah he's great yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a scene where Raiden just starts doing loads of camera yeah, yeah. it's fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I always remember James Remo in the quest if you remember as, uh, as Ma was like Maxi Divine he's like yeah. Maxi Divine he's like Chris yeah. New York City <laughs> <That's> <laughs> shit from the sidelines I, I really like the quest yeah, yeah. yeah. JJ Perry in, in the book made an observation about you know he I mean he's an extremely humble guy and he's put together some crazy amazing ridiculous fight scenes but he says that you know he doesn't he, he would kind of say he doesn't really choreograph them it's almost like he says like you know someone like Mike, Michael Jai White knows how Michael Jai White should move Scott knows how Scott should move rather than trying to dictate you should do this and then give them some awkward mechanical thing it's like let them do the movement that they're comfortable with but you will try to probably guide or steer them you're playing yeah. to their strengths yeah then. definitely yeah yeah you wouldn't and likewise you wouldn't somebody who can't do who isn't a good kid you wouldn't try to get them to do a crazy kick because it's just not, it just kick. wouldn't yeah and they yeah. and they'll look bad and it doesn't yeah, it just yeah. doesn't work so you know try to tailor it to their strengths so that's where you know you, you get films like if you see uh, like the Taken films where you know Liam Neeson's obviously a middle-aged guy but they got him to do more kind of short sharp direct Krav Maga moves that he can realistically do and, it's and, it, and, it, and it works it works because you buy that this guy is and you know this guy's capable he's trained but he's not you know you don't have him doing some crazy flashy stuff and it's the same thing with, with someone like Seagal you know he's a big guy yeah. but you buy that he does these short sharp movements which is where you know when you see something like I don't know if you saw Belly of the Beast where they got him to do this crazy some strange yeah, yeah stuff very I mean I actually enjoy the film for its ho weird hokiness yeah. but it's again it's like um, you know they tried to make it more more market a, a balletic kind of Chinese film and obviously he was very doubled because they've got people swirling through the air and wires and that's yeah. just not him so it's that's the you know to the point I just said, it's it just doesn't work really. It's it's like you know let let them let them do their thing and it kind of works best I think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Most iconic favorite 
fight scene. Not the not necessarily the movie, just the your favourite scene or a fight that really stands out. You know, whether it could be for great performances or maybe the choreography is just amazing. Um, I think I could. Can I say a couple? Sure. A couple. Sure. Cool. I think it would have to be. One would be uh, it's be Fist of Fury, which is my favourite Bruce Lee film. Uh, Bruce in the dojo would have to be that. Just again, the multi multiple assailant, and I love um, how ter I think the th one of the aspects I like most about Bruce is his his fighting is so realistic, and it's like when people are put down, they stay down, and people are terrified of him when they, and especially when they see what he does. It's not this kind of thing where you have some films today, like B movies, you might see endless goons walking in, and you think you wouldn't do that if you've seen what he's done for the last 10 guys you wouldn't, you wouldn't just keep walking up yeah but bruce it's like they're absolutely terrified of him but when you know and it's like he puts them down pretty quickly as well um which is which is cool and it's all it all seems quite applicable and it looks you know looks very believable and in that you know i really like the bob baker fight as well in the, in the garden as well and that kind of stuff so all, i mean there's so many and i actually really like yeah obviously chuck norris where the dragons so you, you could go through so many sure yeah but um Enter, uh, yeah, if you're going to say Enter the Dragon, I like the evolution of weapons from the long pole to the sticks to the nunchucks and all of that kind of stuff. So it shows his, his kind of these these uh, small Jeet Kune Do references about evolving and adapting in the fight scene, which are nice. Um, Some of that Jackie Chan. Um, I love the uh, Dragons Forever fight with Benny Akides. Of course. Um, that's actually, I think, my favourite Jackie Chan film because... Um, we're just I had it actually on VHS the kid it was one of I did have others but it's you know sometimes when you have a particular film that you watch constantly that sort of becomes your favourite in your yeah, heart yeah. which is quite cool um, that was really good and I'm trying to think what else uh, Police Story the, the shopping mall fight I love that I actually sometimes I just go back to like Jack, I think Jackie Chan's the main one for this you can go back and just watch fight scenes if you fancy I just want to watch the shopping mall bit yeah. of the film and just watch yeah with the glass and also yeah. the, the climbing frame in the park scene in Police Story 2 that's brilliant yes. um, so yeah things like this I'm just trying to think of some others uh, I think with Jackie it's interesting because he very much builds his films like that. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. much like we'll have this set piece. Well, he's, he's said this himself. Yeah, yeah. We have that set piece there, and then we need to have a bit of a story yeah, yeah, to link yeah. to the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But um, yeah, there's so many. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are others. I'm just trying to think. Um, I mean, like Eastern Condors. You know, think yeah, about that. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's so many. I, I even like some of the weird stuff, like. Um, you know, in Spooky Encounters or Close Encounters of the Spooky Kind, as it's known here, when Samo's fighting the, the hopping zombies and, you yeah, know, yeah. this kind of stuff, where it's it's kind of, they're mixing, obviously you've got the horror, um, but you've got that slapstick and that comic, that great action, and um, it's really, yeah, it's really, really interesting. Um, and though, yeah, there are, there are just so many, and it's, you know, I th think of someone like Donnie Yen, you've obviously got, you know, yeah, it's, it, it opens up yet another door. It's like, I mean, I love, you know, having done Wing Chun in the past, I really enjoyed It Man and those films. Um, and again, the practicality, the kind of functional aspect of that. Um, I love like Tiger Cage or Tiger Cage 2, those films. Um, and, you know, uh, Once Upon a Time in China 2 with, uh, with Jet Li. Um, so, and then if you're onto Jet Li, you think of like yeah, Fist of Legend, you know. So there's, yeah, there's, there's a huge amount. I mean, it is like a, a crazy melting pot of too yeah. much too much stuff to yeah. even remember um, and I'm sure you like Michael J. White I'm a big fan of him actually couldn't get him in in the book but hopefully next time yeah just to wrap things up um, 
tell me about Life of Action Volume Two then. Okay, so that's that's on the cards. Um, yeah, I, it's something I'm, I'm yeah I'm prepping. I'm kind of planning for it at the moment. Um, and there's you know loads of people that. Uh, I mean, I was quite proud to have got like 35 people into uh, the first book, and um, but of course there are still many more. So naturally, you think, well, there has to be an evolution and has to be a, a next a next one. So yeah, it's early days, but I would be optimistic. Who, who are your key targets of volume two then? Just as a bit of a teaser. Um, well, I mean, it would I would I would just say to tease. It's pretty much anyone you could think of you'd expect to have in the first one who wasn't in it <laughs> would probably be. And, who were yeah. the key ones that you really you wanted in the first? Well, it would be, you know, it's, I mean, obvious people like, you know, the Van Dams or the Seagals. Um, equally, you know, I'd love, I'd love to have. Good I mean, luck getting Seagal. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll try. <laughs> but, um, but you know, equally, people like, you know, um, Mr. Stallone. You know, he's, you know, he's obviously a, a, an amazing actor and f- filmmaker. Um, and you know, would be, I think he'd actually be, be great for Life of Action. So it's, it's sometimes with these people, it's difficult when you're, you're like a say you, you're going the indirect route you have to go through a lot of hurdles in order to get them so it doesn't mean you shouldn't try it's just you know there's a lot of work ahead of you and so it's a, I guess a good mix of the, again it'll be the same you know same format of the martial arts guys the more action guys also different stunt guys different actors different filmmakers um, you know so yeah there, there are loads I mean even some of the people we've talked about think of Jackie think of Samo think of you, know, you think of you know um Michael Jai White, think of her, you know, there's loads of people. So yeah. if if they're if they're um, if they're available and they want to be a part of it, I'd love to have them. Involved. And they're still killing it, these guys. They're still making yeah, movies. Definitely, they're still, yeah. still and uh, you know, um, along uh, the same, you know, the life of action kind of vibe and style and what we've tried to talk about and discuss and uncover. It's like you know, the, these guys have, I'm sure, very interesting things to say on that subject as well. So it's it's. It's just a case of trying to trying to find time where they can they can sit down and they can actually have a conversation about it, and um, that's that's all it is really. It's just whether they. It's kind of two things. It's whether they are available to do it, and then whether they want to do it. So it's, you know, basically. Well, best of luck with it. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, and it's great because it draws it draws attention to the talents of people who are often overlooked, mm-hmm. really hardworking uh, people working in those films as well. So yeah, that's definitely. Really good. Cool. Thank you. Cheers. Well, well, there you go. I hope that wasn't too uh, disturbing, too noisy. When we met in the pub, it was quite quiet, believe it or not. But uh, by the end of the, the, the conversation, you no doubt heard... You know, voices were escalating there in the background. But anyway, I hope that wasn't too bad. Uh, I did a bit of editing jiggery-pokery on there, so hopefully the, 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 the voices were, were loud enough. But anyway, there you go. Note to South, don't record interviews uh, in a pub. So uh, that's, that won't be happening again. Anyway, listen, Mike was brilliant, a brilliant guest to have on the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast, and I'm excited to see you know what mike's next big project is going to be remember to follow mike on twitter that's at the mike fury and if you want to keep up to date with anything that he's involved in then log on to his website mikefury.net listen thank you so much again for listening to the podcast remember you can get in touch the usual ways over email that's hello at kungfumovieguide.com or you can Follow us on Twitter, that's at KF Movie Guys. So the next episode will come out in two weeks' time. 
Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy that. That'll be episode three. Can I say what that is yet? No, let's keep no, let's keep it as a surprise. It's a surprise. Yes. So thank you for your support. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Take care, and I will see you next time on the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Thank you very much. Bye for now. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.